the Mercy Backend, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail, so we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. And now your host of The Messy Backend, Sheila J. Davis and Nate Tucker. Thank you all so much. I'm Tom Sylvester subbing in for Nate. I'm a business strategist and systems geek, and I'm so happy to be here on the messy back end. We have a wonderful show for you today because as Donatella Versace once said, it's very important for a brand to have an identity through the years, but it's very important as well to evolve because times change so fast. In our expert segment today, we're going to be talking to Braxton Wood. Braxton's greatest fascination is in exploring and sharing the infinite opportunities available for people who pursue their passions and live the American dream. As the owner of Hit Moxie, Braxton works with creative small businesses to eliminate bottlenecks and help them scale their companies with more revenue generating activities. He worked with over 500 small businesses across 11 countries and especially geeks out over the technical side of running a business. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy back ends. Our expert will share their experience, expertise, and tools that they suggest to get it all cleaned up. And if you're an entrepreneur with a messy back end, trust us, you're not alone. And we would love to have your question or story for our experts to answer. So give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Would you like to have either myself or Nate speak at your next event or on your podcast? Visit us at themessybackend.com slash speaking. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast by heading on over to themessybackend.com slash subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And check us out on Facebook to see video of our recordings. If you, yep, you, the one listening right now, feel inspired to take our expert's advice and you would like to share what suggestions you used in your business, please let us know about your progress. The key to making this podcast really work is to hear about the results of the suggestions. This allows us to be able to learn not just from one expert's point of view, but from the execution of the suggestions provided. Give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit The Messy Backend. One of the biggest software issues that online businesses have is their shopping cart. Head on over to themessybackend.com forward slash cart for more details about ThriveCart, the number one cart software that grows your income from existing traffic. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com forward slash cart. Are you ready to put your business on autopilot and actually live your life? At Lock and Load Marketing, we simply offer the best strategies and solutions. We will build it out with you and manage it for you. If it tires you out, hire it out at Lock and Load Marketing. And now on to our expert Braxton Wood for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. All right. So today we have a messy back end question submitted by an anonymous listener. Pinterest seems like so much work. Is there a regular posting schedule I should have? And do I have to brand everything I post with my own brand? Really, how do I get Pinterest to work for me? So yeah, there's a couple of things that I'm hearing in there that uh, gets me excited. Um, First and foremost, Pinterest can be a big beast. And so that much I understand. Uh, And it's definitely been growing a lot over the years. So I, I heard the first question I heard was the posting schedule. 
Um, interestingly enough, if uh, statistics haven't changed since I've last checked, a good time to pin on Pinterest seems to be give or take the time zone uh, is about 11 o'clock in the morning. And because of the obvious demographic with Pinterest leaning towards women a little bit, I'm guessing that's because they're housewives and soccer moms and that sort of thing. Um, and it, apparently they're available around that time. But there are, there are resources out there. If someone were to Google for posting times on Pinterest, there is a lot of data and a lot of information available for that. Also, another way to know for your account specifically, if you have a Pinterest business account, it will give you analytics to give you answers to that question. And then I'm sorry, Tom, what was a, the other part of the question? <laughs> uh, basically, do I have to brand everything for myself? Okay, right. So it's recommended that you kind of follow the 80-20 rule when it comes to Pinterest marketing. That is, it's okay. Uh, this is what I love about Pinterest. It's unique in that you can still benefit and kind of curate other people's content and no one gets mad at you for it. Um, and so, you know, that's how Pinterest kind of thrives. But following the 80-20 rule means you can still pin 80% of other people's content using Pinterest and still pin 20% of your own. And that's a pretty good guideline from a Pinterest marketing standpoint. And then as far as branding your content, um, I do think it's a good idea when you do pin your own content on Pinterest. My philosophy and kind of my approach to Pinterest marketing is there's always some sort of action item or call to action in any content that I post on Pinterest. So if it's in the form of a blog post, first and foremost, I want that blog post to, to give some sort of actionable information for my readers to, to digest and kind of turn around and be able to run with. But also secondly, and kind of where the business building element comes with Pinterest marketing is when you have that call to action in the blog post, that actionable item, I strive to always create some sort of simple download or a lead magnet to include as a call to action within that blog post because then that gives me the ability to, to take it to Pinterest and say, this free guide lets me do X, Y, and Z, which gets a lot of repins, a lot of traction, that type of thing. And so that would be the other thing I would do. The beautiful thing about Pinterest and why what surprises me that more, more marketers don't understand this, from an SEO perspective, every single repin on Pinterest is a backlink. And because of the high authority that a site like Pinterest is, those backlinks are worth gold. They're golden. They're amazing. So I've just as a little piece of trivia, um, when I, as I started getting into Pinterest marketing more and more, I started realizing that one pin, one repin rather can get way more traction than say one post on Facebook or one comment on Facebook or one tweet, things of that nature. I've been able to time and time again, rank all my clients' websites uh, and, you know, triple, quadruple their traffic and be able to rank them higher up into the echelon of Google search. And it only takes maybe 50 or 75 or 100 repins from a single piece of content to be able to do that. Which, you know what? It's so true because I actually, and for this interview, I was looking for some quotes and things. I like to bring in some quotes. Mm -hmm. And I did a thing that said quotes about pinning on social media. I mean, I don't even matter. The, all the ones I look for, so you've got YouTube that comes up and you've got Pinterest that come up. Those are the two top things when you're searching for a quote for this or this or that. And my daughter's all about those like checklists and uh -huh. 10 steps to making your rear end look better. That seems to be a really big one on Pinterest. I don't know. Um, but those kind of things, they just shoot right up on your, when you do searches on Google. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. It's really interesting because what happens if, if a popular pin of yours, hopefully it's, you know, a pin of, of your own from your own content, if that gets traction, Pinterest is highly indexed by Google, which means not just your content will start ranking because of all the visits you're getting from the pin, 
but the very pin itself will start ranking on Pinterest, which is quite interesting. So you, if, if you had a topic that was uh, highly searched, but had low competition in, in terms of search rankings, you very well might have your blog post of that, the, the actual blog post, the actual content ranking number one or number two. And then the very pin for that blog post might be right below it on Google search. I see that happen all the time. It's really interesting. So that's awesome. And one of the questions that comes up all the time when we're looking at platforms is what should I be looking at? So the real epitome of this question was, you know, how do I make it work for me? So what do you recommend people look at in terms of analytics to not get overwhelmed, but to really understand if Pinterest is working for them? Sure. So maybe just a quick story. When I started my very first kind of business, my first side hustle, I was marketing to the upper echelon of just going crazy and doing everything I could on Facebook and Twitter and nothing was happening. I was getting so frustrated because I was putting all this work and all this research and all this time into marketing on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. This would have been back in like 2011, 2012, I think. And right around that time is when Pinterest just started getting popular and it kind of reached, it broke the ceiling and, and became mainstream. And I was like, okay, Facebook's not working. I'm just going to throw my blog posts on Pinterest, see what happens. And I just kept running the business, didn't really pay attention. And back then, Pinterest analytics weren't what they are today. But the phone started ringing like a lot and I couldn't figure out why. And then I first time in a couple of months, I went and checked my, my, um, my traffic where, where everything was coming from. And it was one pin I pinned on Pinterest. And then I realized when I searched the term re relevant to it, that blog post was ranking number one in, in my area for a very, very valuable keyword just that context. So to more directly answer your question, Tom, I would say, you know, a lot of people think Facebook's the way to go because of ads and because everyone's on it. But we know that the algorithms of Facebook, it's not a steady stream. There's things that Facebook is choosing to show you based on its popularity. Pinterest doesn't quite work that way because it's so topic centric. And so your, your content can get found much more easily on Pinterest for that reason. Um, in terms of knowing how to make that decision and, and knowing how it works, analytics on Pinterest are incredible. Pinterest allows you to have a free business account. So for those that don't have, they might have a Pinterest account, but not a business account on Pinterest, you can easily convert it. And then you have access to a wealth of data um, that Pinterest will kind of furnish to you as a business account. So do you think that keyword is the main way to make that work for you? So you can't just throw up stuff. You have to use, you know, you can't just throw up images, right? You have to find those keywords that your people are searching for and, and rank with those keywords, right? Very true, Sheila. So just to quickly summarize my process, I do my keyword research um, and I export it from my, my keyword research tool into a CSV. I kind of break it down and identify what has the highest search volume, what has the highest competition. And then I also just look at the cost per click um, when it comes to the ad part, but I don't worry about the ads too much. But based on those three pieces of criteria, I kind of make a decision about what are the best keywords to use. And then I write the blog post off of that keyword rather than the other way around. I don't just think of a topic that I like and write the blog post. I definitely write based on keywords that I find. And yes, so you do that in the blog post, you use something like, if it's WordPress, you use something like Yoast or All-in-One SEO, the plugin, and that will help you write it towards an SEO kind of initiative. It helps you do that a lot better. And then you use that same keyword in the Pinterest pin, in the description, in the title, and that's, to put it at its most basic, that's all it's needed. That's all it's required to accomplish that. All right. And so if we're looking in the business manager at like one piece of data, what's the one metric we'd look at to basically see, are we gaining traction or not? 
I would compare your repins with your impressions, I would say. Mm-hmm. So kind of two, because you got to know if you're getting a lot of repins, but not a lot of visits or it's not showing up a lot, then, then that tells you something would probably need to change with that pin. But yeah, that's what I would look at. Like add some keywords to it or something to make exactly. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, something. Very good. You know, like I told you before we even started, like Pinterest is not my favorite thing. I'm like probably the only girl in the world who's not a Pinterest fan. But from what you told me, I just might have to give it a go. It sounds like uh, <laughs> the place to go try and be uh, to get ranking um, because you're right. I mean, when I was researching for this podcast today, I did notice probably because I had Pinterest on my mind that a lot of times when I would search for stuff, the first thing that come up with all where would be all these places that you could go on Pinterest to, mm-hmm. to find those things. So thank you so much, Braxton. You're very helpful. Um, and everyone can uh, get your information from our show notes uh, to be able to find out how else you're doing that and what keyword tools you're using. Cause there's a lot of keyword tools out there. I don't think there's one better than the other. In my opinion, you can find lots of different ones, but thank you so much Braxton for joining us today. People ask us all the time how they can get their podcast up and running. What we tell them work with our podcast managers at the messy backend and then check out the platform we use for everything else. Podserve.fm. They do all the hard work to get you published on many of the major podcast networks, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. After that, they help promote it and make sure it's seen by thousands. Check out their easy four-step process at podserve.fm forward slash messy. Come conquer life's challenges with laughter with our very own Nate Tucker. You can find him on Facebook or Instagram at Nathan Allen Media. Funny guy, photographer, digital marketer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, animal lover, and most importantly, pizza connoisseur. Thank you to our advertisers, podserve.fm, who can help you get your podcast hosted and published. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy. And thank you to Thrivecart, the only shopping cart your business will ever need. Visit them at themessybackend.com forward slash cart. Last but not least, the biggest thank you to our team. We couldn't do it without you. To my co-host, Nate Tucker, and our production managers and crew. You can find out more about our amazing team at themessybackend.com slash team. Not only that, but our team is ready to help you start and build your podcast today. Visit us at themessybackend.com slash team for details. Woo! Well, that's all we have for today's episode of the the the, the messy back end. Join us again next week as our experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you are not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention.